Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, I have a question for you today. Is God still holy? Now, okay, we might take this and kind of go, well, of course, you know, he's God. But is he really still holy? Is he still holy in my life? Or have I become so familiar with him that I've forgotten his holiness? Or have you become so familiar with him that you don't recognize his holiness? Has the world become so familiar? Or the other way to say it is, have we denied the attributes of his holiness? And so, you know, I was thinking about this and I'm like, wow, you know, I remember growing up where, you know, the names of Jesus and God were actually both still pretty sacred. Yes, you would hear some swearing going on, but not like it is now. You know, um, it was really considered shameful to use Jesus or God as a curse word. In fact, if, if it slipped out, the person was very likely to apologize for it. But the thing is, as as we've kind of lost the holiness of God as a culture, and then it bleeds over onto individuals, or we could say we lose it as individuals, and it bleeds over into the culture, it goes both ways. What happens is we go and we adjust. And so I don't know about you, but I don't cringe like I used to when I hear somebody use the name of God or the name of Jesus in vain. It still bothers me, to be honest with you, but I don't cringe like I used to. And that should be a bit disconcerting because, again, that means that I'm beginning to adjust to the cultural shifts. And I need my life to align with the word of God. I need to be offended at the things that offend God. Okay, you need to be offended at the things that offend God. So how is this impacted? How has this whole shift impacted our thoughts and processing even at a deeper level? And I think that's worth exploring, which is what we're going to do today. So let's pray. Let's just pray for our eyes to be open, that we have a real awareness to areas where we've made these adjustments through our lives, because Holy Spirit's right there. And when we open ourselves up, he'll set us back. He'll bring us back onto track. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, as we enter and as we go deeper, as we align with your word. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness for where we've just, man, let the let your name being used in vain become commonplace or become acceptable or where we just, we have not, we have not remembered your holiness. So, God, we just ask your forgiveness. God, we just come before you. We humble ourselves before you. And we just say, Lord, put us back on the right track. Help us to get back and stay on the right track because you are holy, Lord. You are holy. And you're our friend and you're our father and you're our redeemer. But, God, you're also holy. And just as the you know, the crowds were cast before your throne and the elders are crying out, holy, holy, holy. God, right now, we just cry out, holy, holy, holy. You are holy. You are enthroned forever, God, on the praises of your people. So, Father, we praise you. We praise your holiness. We we thank you for who you are. 
So Lord, open our hearts as we dive in, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in Matthew 6, we have what's probably the most famous prayer of all times. Well, you know what, maybe, maybe the most, maybe the second, okay, because honestly, Lord, help me, help, is probably number one, but you know, uh, Matthew 6 is is the Lord's Prayer as Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And it's so rich. And there's so many different facets of it. Like we we can just read through it in words. But when we stop and we look at it, and we begin to unpack it. There's so much there. And so, um, you know, it, but it can also become rote. It can become very familiar. Like I said, it can just become words you know, on the pages as we go to Matthew 6, you know, a great thing to do can be to actually look up um, things that are becoming real familiar, look them up in different translations, because they're going to, you know, they're going to hit you differently. And, and that's the thing, you know, it just, it changes. So, so like Matthew 6 in New Living says, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Hear that right away. May your name be kept holy. Lord, we need to keep your name holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So again, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Now, if we go into the Passion Translation and we go to Matthew 6, let me just get there real quick. Um, let's see how that reads, because this could take what has come to seem, like I said, wrote and breathed life back into it, just help us to, to see it in a different manner. So like when, when you study a passage in scripture, actually look it up in three different translations, because it really helps you as you begin to go deeper. So again, in uh, new living, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy in the passion it says, our beloved father dwelling in heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Let me read that again. Our beloved father dwelling in heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. You see, when we become too familiar that we forget about the holiness of God, then it is no longer the center on which our lives turn. In other words, we get one degree off. And as we get one degree off, the culture becomes further off, like it just exponentially goes off track. And so one of the things like, you know, the, just to give you an analogy, one of the things when, I, when I'm counseling couples, married couples, or those looking to get married and premarital counseling, um, one of the things I advise them to do is keep dating. Why? Because it helps keep the relationship from becoming stagnant or getting into a rut. Okay, again, that's what we need to do, be doing with the Lord too. His name, the holiness of his name needs to be in our belief system, in our thought, in our processing, in our worship. So that that becomes what we're living off, there's there's a fear of the Lord that enters in when we understand or when we're beginning to grasp his holiness. He is holy.
so you know so you know we we learned if if you're like my age okay i'm in my 50s and i learned i grew up in the church so how did i learn the lord's prayer i learned it in king james right okay um you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And when was the last time you were used the term hallowed in a conversation? Probably not recently, but that Greek word uh, translated hallowed means to sanctify. Okay, so again, it takes us to that term holy. The idea is to regard as holy or to set apart as holy. So again, how do we get back to that place when when we kind of lost this whole concept of the holiness of God? Great question. Well, one way, really easy, is to be intentional to guard our lips, to guard what's coming out of our mouths um, from using the name of God in anything other than a reverent, holy manner. Remember, out of the wellspring of our heart, our mouth speaks. So if we're using the Lord, the name of the Lord a lot in vain or using in very familiar uh, or demeaning language, guess what? There's something going on in the core of our being that needs some healing. That there needs to be some some confession and some confession. Oh, my gosh. Confession and repentance that takes place. OK, so that the the purity that the Lord has put within us comes up rather than all the junk. Okay, so we have to so listen to what you're saying and put that guard on your mouth so that what's coming out is holy. Because again, it's not just this, it's also the heart attitude, and they're gonna go hand in hand. So as we adore the one who's worthy of all praises, we cast our crowns before him as we get on bended knee, you know, and there will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I would rather do it willingly. Then wait until it happens like that. Okay, I want the goodness of the Lord to overwhelm me in the land of the living. Okay, I want to recognize his holiness and have that be a, a foundational concept on which my life is built. Because again, if we fear the Lord, or if we if we understand the Lord's holy, the fear of the Lord's going to come in. If the fear of the Lord is in, we're also going to understand that the that the uh that god is holy okay so they go hand in hand if you're wondering how do i how do i fear the lord or what does that mean begin to grow in the area of our understanding of his holiness okay um proverbs 9 10 reminds us that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom okay the fear of the lord do you still fear the lord or have you lost your fear for the lord i want to suggest that a lot of the church a lot of the body of Christ has actually lost their fear of the Lord. Why do I say that? Because honestly, with all the things that are happening in our culture, from um, the lies being seen as truth and truth being seen as lies, the whole, um, all that's going on within the sexual realm with gender identification that goes against the word of God, um, the level of manipulation and control that we're living under, the continued statutes, laws, mandates that go against, like literally go against the word of God, um, all show us that that we're losing the fear of the Lord. Again, why? Because the church is created. We're here. The body of Christ is here to bring heaven to earth. The only way we bring heaven to earth is when we recognize the holiness of God, when we have the fear of the Lord. Right now, the fear of man seems to outweigh the fear of the Lord, because when the fear of the Lord 
has first place, when it's our solid foundation, when it when it really um, in, it becomes part of our walk with the Lord, then we're not willing to condone things that don't align with the word of God, because we understand that people's eternity is is impacted by it. You know, we know that we have a God who brings healing and wholeness and freedom and wants to restore what the locust has eaten. But when we're too afraid to counter what the world's happening, we've actually lost the fear of the Lord. And I think we're probably all guilty of that to some degree. But again, as the Lord shows us this, as he reveals us, it's a great time to make a course direction. So um, again, back to Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. James tells us that if we lack wisdom, then we ask for it because God's faithful to give it. So some of us in some of these things that we're encountering, we need to be asking for the Lord's wisdom. A.W. Tozer writes about the fear of the Lord, that it can grade anywhere from its basic element, the terror of the guilty soul before a holy God, to the fascinated rapture of the worshiping saint. So again, keys to getting play, back to that place of recognizing God as holy. Remind yourself of who God is. Remind yourself again. Remind yourself again. Remind yourself again. Begin to worship him for his holiness. Read in Revelations where they're casting their crowns before the Lord. I mean, think of the worship as it's going on in heaven. And, and just the the purity of worship that's that's going on as, you know, worship in heaven go to go to revelation four you know um where where it describes you know um you know then i looked and i saw a door standing open in heaven the same voice i heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast come up here and i will show you what happened must happen it happened after this instantly i was in the spirit and i saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting upon it and it goes on and describes the Lord, okay? The brilliance of the Lord. And then it begins to describe the worship that's going on. And, you know, um, when it describes the living beings in verse 8, it, at the end of verse 8, it says, Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Just begin to to cry out with them and worship them and decree that and declare that until it becomes part of who you are. Goes on in verse 11, it says, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you please. And, and you just go and you lead into worship. So again, that's all in Revelation 4. So take... Um, get back to taking time to adore him, to worshiping him, to decreeing and declaring his attributes, including that he is holy, that he's worthy of all praise. Thank him for what he's done. Recognize who he is. Again, go back to Matthew 6. Look up in various translations. Ask the Lord to speak to you about it. What does it mean when it says, King James, our Father who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Think about this. The worship and greatness. Let me say that again. The worship and praise that we give the Lord actually cannot exceed his greatness. The worship and praise that we give the Lord cannot exceed his greatness. 
You see, when we approach the Lord with the adoration, with the worship, do his name, it shapes, it begins to shape our time with him. It begins to shape that prayer time, our intimacy with him, the way, the way that we relate, the way that we think, the way that we're crying out, it shifts our values and our focus and it transforms our minds. The writers of Ecclesiastes understood this well. This is Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 and 2. As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings before God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. You see, there was a reverence and an awe of God. Yes, he wants us to talk to him. Yes, he wants us to pour out his our complaints as David modeled so beautifully in the Psalms. But we also have to recognize his holiness and who he is. So, Lord, we just cry out before you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Are you, Lord God Almighty, worship worthy of all honor, glory, and praise? We worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Oh, let God be holy today in your life. Thank you for joining me today. Um, feel free to check out the website, ruthhendrickson.com. Lots of great resources on there, podcasts, blogs, uh, recommended reading resources, the material that I've written. It's also the home of Mashaw Ministry, so the International Mashaw Team. And so if you need some ministry yourself, that's where you go. And again, thank you for joining me. The website's ruthhendrickson.com and also mashawministry.com, M-A-S-H-A-H. So there you go, everyone. Have a great day. Be so blessed. Remember, God is holy. Let that declaration rise up from within the very core of your being because he is worthy of it all. And he put you here intentionally. And you, my friend, are here for such a time as this. Hey, everyone, this is Ruth here again. Just real quick, want to let you know that if you are interested in the Mashaw training, our emotional healing and deliverance training, we are doing an in-person training in Fredericksburg, Texas. There is nothing like doing this in person. It is so good. We're offering the basic beginning on February 27th. The advanced begins on April 17th. They are four days straight. We go hard. We go long. We have a lot of fun. You learn a lot. You get some healing and deliverance. At the same time, you're learning to minister to others. So I want to encourage you, if you are interested, to go to the website, ruthhendrickson.com. Take a look under events, and you will see both of those there. Registration is open now, and seats are limited. I really hope to see you there. I think you'll be glad that you did. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.